0: This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. Our scripture this morning is from the Holy Gospel in Mark, Mark chapter 1, verses 29 thirty-nine, And this is picking up from last week's text. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. That evening, At sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole town was gathered around the door. And he cured many who were sick with various diseases, and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring town, so that I may proclaim the message there also. For that is what I came to do. And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Well, many of us have heard, uttered toward us at one time or another in our lives, you aren't good enough. You don't measure up. You don't belong here. Or even there's something wrong with you. Those are crushing words, words that can leave scars on the soul. Now, I've shared here before uh, that I was a shy kid growing up, and I think what exacerbated the shyness was a sense of not being good enough, not being enough, period, not funny enough, not athletic enough, not cool enough. And if we don't think that others will accept us, it's much easier to not engage, isn't it? To just walk away, right? To find solace in our solitude. Why would I risk being hurt by engaging with others? Much better to be alone. And so I often was, wasn't often invited to parties in high school, Uh, I stayed home, played video games, wished I was cooler, better, more acceptable. It was in college when I began to get over this and it honestly, it started with people seeing me and saying, hey, I like you. You're someone I wanna spend time with, you matter. Those words, of course, were a healing balm to my not good enough soul. And I'm sure you've seen or experienced this yourself, right? When does a shy person come out of their shell? When they know they're in a safe, welcoming, non-judgmental place, right? A place where they are known and loved. If you're a parent and you have a shy child, perhaps you've experienced this, that, oh, they're, they're shy around company, but man, when they're home and it's just the family, they just come out of them, their shell, right? Because they know they're loved and accepted and safe. Well, fast forward to 2019, and somehow I get the bright idea to run for public office, and suddenly all those old fears about not being good enough resurface. I show up to a local Democratic uh, Party meeting and feel almost nauseous. People look at me and in my mind I can hear the questions that they are asking. Who is this guy? A pastor? Why is he going to run for office? How does he think he's qualified to do that? Has he ever done this before? How come we haven't seen him at any recent party meetings? Whoops. What campaigns has he worked on? Has he fundraised? to this extent before. What's his stance on healthcare? How's he going to reach the rural parts of the district? How's he going to connect with people of color? And this last one was the worst. I wish he were the last guy. And of course, I ended up hearing all these questions and comments out loud at some point, confirming my sense of not measuring up. I'm amazed I lasted past that first meeting, frankly. Could have said, just just kidding, just kidding. But the point is, right, not for you to feel sorry for me, but the point is that at some level, all of us have been in a place like that before, right? In that place of not measuring up, of not being accepted or not being acceptable. Well, in our text today, Jesus has just left the synagogue where there was quite a scene as we covered last week. And they go to Simon in and Andrew's house, and it was Simon's uh, mother in law who's sick and in bed, and Jesus heals her. Well, the word gets out. Verse 32 says that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. So Jesus performs this healing, word gets out. It says they brought to him all who were sick. And then the next verse says, And the whole town was gathered at the door. Is it possible that the entire city was sick? Was there a pandemic? It doesn't sound like there's social distancing, right? As they press in around the door. What is going on here? Well, of course, as always, we must consider the social world, the social matrix in which Jesus lived. Commentators note that the economic and political deterioration had dispossessed significant portions of the Palestinian population, especially in the densely populated areas, I should say, the densely populated rural areas uh, of Galilee, such as where they are in Capernaum. Because disease and physical disability were an inseparable part of the cycle of poverty. And this matters because if you were a day laborer, right, illness meant unemployment and instant impoverishment. And even more so, for any Jewish person, certain illnesses meant banishment from the temple grounds and the synagogue, being cut off from the religious and social heart of the community. And so when the writer of the Gospel of Mark talks about the crowds, we must understand this context. Crowds who are hungry for what Jesus offers because these people have all to some degree or another experienced not just physical illness but social inacceptability. They have been rendered not good enough, not worthy enough, not acceptable. Some by the standards of the wider Roman society and some by their own internal social and religious standards. And so we, we have to see Jesus healing acts in this light. He's not simply helping people be well physically, as important as that is. He is also, in many cases, right, restoring them to society, restoring them to social acceptability. He is helping them become whole again. And Jesus understands that wholeness runs much deeper than physical illness. And so when the Gospels speak of, illness or sickness, we've got to keep this in mind, right? That they're not just reporting a biomedical condition, right? They're also reporting a socio-cultural condition. It's very important that we bring that lens to these healing stories, these miracles that Jesus performs. If we look only through the, the modern lens of medicine, will miss the wider significance of what's happening in these gospel narratives. And when the text tells us that the whole town is at the door, well, we know that the level of shame and unworthiness ran deep. And these people were starved to be made well. And we might also find ourselves at the door because we too have found ourselves too many times rendered unworthy, unacceptable, not good enough. And we too long to be whole. Brene Brown says wholehearted living is about engaging with our lives from a place of worthiness and connection. Worthiness and connection. Well, in Jesus' day, if you had leprosy or a, an evil spirit, you were deprived of connection. You were judged unworthy and you were isolated from the community. But of course, in our day, we're pretty good at creating social dis ease as well, aren't we? If you're gay, you know what it is to be made to feel less than. If you are trans, you know what it is to be misunderstood and rejected. If you are a person of color, you know what it is to be labeled and judged. If you are a woman, you know what it is to be devalued. If you are differently abled, you know what it is to be overlooked. If you're on a journey in a church that doesn't have space for hard questions, you know what it is to be rejected and misunderstood. If you are a human who has spent any amount of time with other humans, you know how it feels to not measure up. And that's not even the whole story, is it? Because we're very good at doing this to ourselves. Telling ourselves we aren't good enough. Heaping shame upon ourselves because we're internalizing those external narratives, because of things that we regret, because of our failure to meet our own demanding and exhausting standards. And when we face these feelings of inadequacy, we begin to shut down and disconnect. We don't want to see people because we imagine they don't want to see us. And we might find ourselves hiding away. Yet we, friends, were made for connection. Brene Brown says connection is why we're here. It's what gives purpose and meaning to our lives. We need connection like we need air and food and water. Because, as Brown says, connection is the energy that exists between people when they, see, when they feel seen and heard And valued when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Doesn't that sound life-giving being seen and heard and valued? It's what we all want and what we all And so when word hits the street in a small town in Galilee that someone is bringing healing, true healing, the ability to become whole, the whole town (laughs) shows up at the door. And here's the good news. Jesus is still in the business of healing. Healing us not only from external wounds, but certainly those, but also the wounds that we inflict on ourselves. And... He's in the business of creating communities of healing. And so we're trying, albeit imperfectly, here at Holland UCC to be a place where you can come as you are and find welcome and acceptance, love and affirmation, where you can bring in your wounds and your woundedness, your shadow side as well as your shining side, you can pull up a chair because frankly, we're all a mess at some level, right? A beautiful mess of broken but hopeful healing yet still hurting people seeking and offering connection. So how are you feeling today, friends? If any of what we've talked about has surfaced feelings of inadequacy, or you can identify with this sense of not measuring up, know this, wholeness is possible. Not perfection, but wholeness, because you are loved and beautiful and unique, and of course, we are so glad you're here. Amen and namaste.